On today's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, we continue our 2021 MLS season preview as Victor Ariza of the Striker Texas joins us to discuss all things Houston Dynamo. You can follow the show on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get to today's show. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Alrighty, fellas, it is now day two of our MLS team preview. Today we're going to be previewing uh, Houston Dynamo FC with Victor Ariza of the Striker Texas. Now before we get to the Victor listeners, follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod, at JustinSosa99, at JJPost, at Jake Quatroba, at Steven Jotteran. Uh, guys, before we get to them, how you guys doing? Let's just do a couple, you know... Stu, we haven't done some pleasantries in a while. How you guys? What, what have you guys been up to since we talked last? Well, uh, since it's Valentine's Day, I'm, I'm enjoying my my uh, single Valentine's Day. Got to uh, get my parents some uh, bagel sandwiches for breakfast, since that's like this is like the holiday where I do something maybe, nice for them. Maybe now, I'm a maybe you two uh, and JJ, you can interject here if you feel like it. Maybe Justin and JJ, you guys can be each other's Valentines from afar. From afar, I mean. Finding out that JJ literally lives in the same town as me, like three days before he goes to <laughs> goes to college, a, a town like, of mind you, five thousand people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, eh, it's average as always. We're in we're in we're in lockdown. Can't do much. Can't even drive to school. It's been snowing all week, so I'm like stuck home. <laughs> I, I I want to petition to rename Valentine's Day National Stay Off of Instagram if you're single day because like. I won't lie, it's just depressing as hell. You know, you know, it's there's down bad and then there's scrolling Instagram stories on Valentine's Day. It's just okay, yep, yep, we know. And like I good for them. But like it's, it's all, just they're annoying. all it's just a flex. That's all it is. It's just a flex to be like, look at my life, look at my relationship. That's again, as I you know, reiterated I'm happy my friends, but like I don't need to see it right now. It's it's all a front. It's all a front, JJ. That's all I'm going to say. It's all the front. That's all Instagram big, is. Big Instagram, big tech, you know, it's all that. It's connected. <laughs> I don't know how, it's, but it is. <laughs> all right. That's enough Valentine's Day talk. Let's get to Victor Ariza of the Striker Texas to talk a little Houston Dynamo. Joining us now on the show, you can follow him on Twitter at Victor Ariza. It's Victor Ariza of the Striker Texas. Victor, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, let's dive right in here about, you know, talk a little Houston Dynamo. Uh, let's talk about kind of one of the, the bigger things they did this offseason. They rebranded. 
what was what was the fan base's reaction to this new and improved look for the Houston Dynamo? Yeah, it's been one of the things that's um, kind of been talked about um, quietly, right, behind the scenes. Uh, something that was being explored finally got done. Uh, I think, obviously, having James Harden, even if it's like a, as a part owner, was was a little bit part of this rebrand. Um, I think somebody was telling me that uh, it looks almost like a shoe, like a shoe brand or something. The logo is very similar. But from, from everything the club has said, it's supposed to be a new identity. Um, they're finally a football club. That's the way I think they're phrasing it in, in the aspect of uh, everything's finally unified, right? Dynamo Dash are being treated differently. I mean, uh, being treated the same, not differently, right? Like it's almost uh, everything the Dynamo um, get as far as professionalism, support, um, the Dash get something similar, right? And then you can kind of see that being reflected um, in the way their transfers have been uh, supported, the way they've, you know, uh, reinforced themselves and then obviously won the Challenge Cup in the NWSL. And then the important thing, right, which has been talked about here in Houston is when is the academy finally going to get a boost? So this is supposed to be maybe a restructure of that. We'll see. But ultimately, um, in the eyes of the public, I think it looks like more smoke and mirrors, right? It looks like more more of a of a hard sell from the club. People want to see um, investment on the field. They want to see better players. They want to see, obviously, better seasons. Uh, it's a it's a team that has only made the playoff uh, once in the last, uh, I believe, six seasons, if I got that number correct off the top of my head. Um, so, you know, ultimately, you know, fans want to see results on the field. They want to win, and they haven't done that. So, and, and in a way, they feel they've been misled. Um, so it's... You know, maybe the general public might like it. They might buy more merchandise. Maybe the, those numbers, sell, as far as sales numbers, will go up. But ultimately, the rebrand with the hardcore fans here in Houston not taken very well. Yeah, and, and while while we're on the topic about you know branding, I mean, you you look up north with FC Dallas. I mean, they're essentially a powerhouse in the league as it relates to developing young talent. Uh, the neighbors to the west, Austin, the, the new guys on the block, they appear to be spending cash or at least seem they're willing to spend cash i mean you look at the dynamo it almost feels like it's a it's a forgotten brand within that state i mean what do you feel as though their calling card is at this point um well i mean they've been the i don't know they've been the forgotten brand so much because um ultimately they always go back and everybody kind of always goes back at the two mls cup championships right so as far as being the top dog in Texas and, and MLS, so there, there's always going to be that. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's the investment on the field, right? It's a new MLS. Um, Dallas may not be investing as much on the field, but they're selling players, right? So they're they're doing the youth game right. Austin's coming in with all the uh, with all the excitement of a new team. They got two designated players. Um, ultimately, what it'll translate into, we don't know, but. Um, it looks like everything's on the right track, right? And they're kind of modeling themselves um, after the new exciting teams in, in MLS, like LAFC, like Atlanta, right? They, they got that kind of buzz. And Houston has been, well, I mean, they haven't been very interesting uh, in terms of results. Uh, the attendance has been lacking even before COVID. I mean, it's been in a decline uh, since 2015. If you look at the attendances, right? So, um, the average, it's been declining every year. Um but ultimately, it comes down to the investment. You know, the owners want to win. 
Do the owners want to put enough money on the field? And again, that's something the fans have been asking for, just more uh, investment, better players. And um, it doesn't seem like that's the case or that's going to be the case anytime soon. And that's why the rebrand, going back to that first question, kind of falls a little flat. Um, if you look at the transfers um, for this offseason, I don't think they've gone over $2 million as far as, you know, and I know it's kind of hard to measure, right? Because, you know, in MLS, there's not a lot of numbers that are that are revealed. Um, but I would compare it to the rest of the league, and, and it's been a very economical way of going about things. Um, so I think ultimately it comes down to that. They just don't have the buzz that comes down with the rest of the teams um, because they don't spend big-time money, and ultimately they don't make the playoffs. I'm I'm glad you brought up like kind of the transfer, um, you know, stories or like kind of or lack thereof buzz kind of surrounding Houston this off season. Because I mean, when I look at their with their current transfers who they brought in, I get um, I guess a very much like a Nashville vibe in terms of they brought in players that are experienced and and know the league well, and I feel like could make like a decent spine for a team. Because I I would think players like like Tim Parker and Derek Jones and even Maxi Rucci to an extent aren't necessarily. Right. Bad pickups. These are experienced players. These are players that know what they're doing, um, but they're not the the Carlos Velas of the league, so to speak. But as far as kind of what you've seen so far and these players that they have picked up, um, kind of on the cheap, how do you feel like this this shapes up Houston for this upcoming season? Because I was telling Jake, kind of off uh, recording before we started this, that you know when I look at these pickups, yeah, maybe they're not the the most eye catching, but I feel more confident in kind of looking at these players than maybe where Houston were depth wise last year. Yeah. I mean, I think the big key here is the coach, right? It's, it's Tab Ramos. Um, that's ultimately going to be the deciding factor for me, uh, because as far as just the makeup of the roster, it's, um, and, and maybe I sound a little more harsh than, than other people here in town, but it just, to me, it just seems like business as usual, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's not anything eye popping um from from the way they've done some other transfers this year's i mean like you mentioned like right maxi ruti um maybe joe corona Derek jones Derek jones is a little younger so he's i mean he actually looks like like he's got some upside um but in terms of like rudy and and and, and uh, joe corona um even fafa pico i mean these are older guys in mls and while they're good contributors my concern with them is how good is this roster overall going to be compared to their peers, right? Because, again, every year they get guys like this, right? Like uh, in the past, it's been guys like uh, Andrew Wenger, for example, and Christian Maidana whenever they got them from the Philadelphia Union, right? It's been, uh, it's been guys like that, right? Alex Lima when they got him from Chicago Fire. And ultimately, while they're getting um, guys from other teams, those other teams are offloading them for a reason because those teams are getting better. So comparatively with the rest of the league, I mean, are they doing enough to get better? Like in, in terms of the Western conference, right? Cause that's who they're competing mm -hmm. against. They make the playoffs. Are they doing enough this off season to be better than the earthquakes to be better than RSO? You know, the galaxy, you know, are going to pump money into their team. Are they going to be better than them and make the playoffs? Um, and ultimately, I don't know if it is. I mean, I, I think it'll be a good team. I think, um, they obviously have a good coach with a with a clear, um, you know, plan of what what they want to do. But ultimately, is it going to be enough? And do they have enough? And 
to me, I, I still think they need a difference maker or two, and they don't have that on the roster. Yeah, they're going to be a bunch of hardworking guys, but ultimately when you know push comes to shove, other than Darwin Quintero, who is one year older, you know, who else is going to score goals for this team and, and show up when the going gets tough? Now you mentioned to Tab Ramos, you know, has an idea of what he wants this team to look like. And, and obviously with a lot of players coming in in an offseason uh, and with Tab being in a second year with Houston, you would think this is kind of what he wants the team to look like a little bit more. Or at least he's bringing in players that um, can fulfill his philosophy a little bit more on the field. You know, I would I would argue last year I don't I don't feel like I necessarily saw an identity of Houston on the field other than like you know they had ph- phenomenal attacking play, um, but then maybe defensively they weren't great or then outside of like their front three creating opportunities for themselves, there really wasn't much going on. So I mean, it, do you have any premonition of what the Dynamo might look to do based off of what happened last year, or, or are we gonna just be hit with like a whole new kind of look now given that Tabs had this off season? Yeah, no, I think what you saw last year is kind of how they're going to play, right? They're going to be an attacking team. They're always going to try to to push up the field. You know, they're not going to be a team that sits back and absorbs. I mean, sometimes they might because, you know, depending on the situation. But I think for the most part, you know, they're going to try to go forward, you know, firing on all cylinders. They tried doing it last year. They they did, you know, and Tao will be the first one to mention this. They had good attacking opportunities that they just didn't convert, right? And um, you know, for one reason or another, I mean, it's, they just didn't have the players that were good enough to, to, you know, score goals for them. So that's where I go back to this year. I mean, how has that gotten better? Because, you know, Manotas may have been in a, in a slump, right? That was the, the thought last season. I think we, everybody down here, we all kind of thought that. Well, now he's with Cholos. He's, he's in, in Liga MX. Now he scored two goals. But ultimately, you know, you sold him off. You haven't really replaced them, right? Is Christian Ramirez going to be able to to pick up that load? You know, he's right. he's upwards of thirty. You know, it's it, again, it's Uruti going to be able to to pick up that load? They got a, a young Argentine, uh, Mateo Bajamich. Uh, maybe he might be the answer, right? But ultimately, mm-hmm. last season, uh, the best part of the year uh, when they went on a three-game uh, winning streak, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was you know three straight games. I mean, it's because he had a difference maker. And Albert Ellis, and then that was right off before he went to Portugal and, you know, where he's having a couple of goals over there with Boavista. But those are the kind of guys they need. They had two right. guys that, that had the potential to be that in MLS that they've sold off. Are they going to be able to reinvest that in the team? They haven't done, done it so far. And maybe, you know, maybe it'll be a better team overall. But ultimately, um, I don't know who's going to be able to score. I mean, one of the guys they brought in to score goals, and, and here's maybe a bit of a of a gamble, right? Uh, Tyler Pasher, who's you know banged goals in, in USL Championship for Indy 11. Um, and I guess maybe those are the kind of guys that show. Maybe maybe it's just the unknown, right? Maybe Derek mm-hmm. Jones and, and Tyler Pasher are going to be big-time game players in MLS. And, you know, we just uh, – nobody knows that yet. But um, unless that's the case – you know, it, it might be a tough year for Houston. They need guys that are going to be able to to show up and be dependable, be consistent, because ultimately that's been that's been the problem here. I mean, even like I said, even Mountas at least they've had whenever they were here, they had good moments of brilliance, but ultimately not enough to be consistent over many games, right? 
and had they done that, I think they'd be, you know, they would have easily been up there, you know, top of the charts in MLS, one of the, you know, you know, maybe best 11 at the end of the season, you know, that consistency. And I'm sure you can, yeah, mm-hmm. you can say that about every player, but I'm talking about just simply quality, right? Yeah. Um, you lose that quality. Now you don't have those kind of guys on the, on the roster. So um, like I said, other than Darwin Quintero, and I know he's, you know, he's great. He's solid. Um, but for anybody that will say, you know, can Darwin Quintero carry this team? Um, no, he can't because he's not the same guy he was in Liga MX. And the perfect proof to that is last season. He was the leader in goals. He was the leader in assists by himself, and they didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, he's going to be good. He's going to be solid, dependable. But you need more guys like him. It can't just be him by himself, right? Um, so, again, the gauntlet's out there. Christian Ramirez, Tyler Pasher, you know, maybe it's Bahamich, the Argentine, but whoever, you know, it is, somebody has to step up. Circling back to what you mentioned earlier with the need to, uh, you know, kind of keep up with some of the other teams in the Western Conference that we fighting against, like the Earthquake. You mentioned the Galaxy are really going to probably flash the cash realistically. Um, one player the Dynamo have been linked to that is of international caliber um, Carlos Salcedo, uh, the Mexican international from Tigres, um, he's one of the few links that that kind of have emerged uh, on the more major transfer level, at least for MLS. Um, what can you tell us about, you know, Salcedo and, you know, their potential interest in him? Yeah, well, I know it was reported. I know down here, Glenn Davis has said that the Dynamo had reached out to his agent. Um, so, I, you know, there's obvious interest, right? But ultimately... Um, to be seen, because the Dynamo, as we, as we mentioned, have been reluctant to spend money when getting players. Um, how much is Salcedo going to cost? Is he going to be, you know, a ten million, uh, you know, player? Some, you know, something like that. And if it is, I don't think they're getting him. And obviously, his his value has gone up in the past week or so. With, uh, I mean, I would imagine with the way Tigres has finished second in the Club World Cup. Um, but, you know, the rumblings, I guess, if, I mean, for whatever they, they may be in the the rumors, the transfer market, you know, the papers, all that down in Mexico has been that, you know, there's been a rocky relationship there, right? With with Tigres fans that maybe Salcedo has been unhappy. Maybe he wants to leave. Um, I'd say go for it. But until we see the Dynamo, because ultimately I don't think he's leaving on a free, right? And I don't think Tigres are going to be nice about it and just let him walk. But... Um, if they pony up the money, I think it happens, but that's the big if, right? Big if. Yeah, and, um, and, and Victor, just a, a couple more questions here before we uh, let you go. I want to circle back. We're kind of jumping all over the place here. I uh, want to talk a little bit about Tab Ramos some more. Um, we mentioned yeah. how FC Dallas was kind of, you know, the powerhouse, if you will, in MLS when it, as it relates to uh, churning out talent. And given that Tab, you know, worked with the U.S. Youth National Team, are there any prospects that you see maybe emerging this season or maybe uh, down the road for the Houston Dynamo? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, the good thing about Tab is that he's been big about uh, giving opportunity to youth. So we saw two uh, two kids debut last season, right? Nico Lemoyne, uh, I believe he's 20 years old. He was playing on the left, uh, sorry, on the right wing. Um, he got his debut at the MLS's back tournament, then he had a couple of games at the end of the season. Um, I think that's a kid who, you know, you might see more involved. Um, then you got Marcelo Palomino. Uh, he's kind of a, uh, one of the big prospects, probably the 
maybe the biggest prospect that's come out of their academy um, in recent years. I know there was a bit of a, of a problem in signing him. He, he forewent his last year at the academy, uh, tried to go on trial uh, in some European teams, um, played down here in Houston in uh, USL League 2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, ultimately, when Tab comes to the Dynamo, uh, that's when he decides to finally put pen to paper with the Dynamo. And Tab has given him his debut also uh, late last year. So those are two players I would keep an eye on as far as playing time and maybe being more contributors, uh, you know, here in the in the short term. But, you know, ultimately it's going to be if they're good enough, right? I mean, I don't think Tab's going to just hand out playing time just, you know, for the hell of, of having young players get playing time. Um, but he is going to give opportunity. We've seen... Also, two academy players signed with Dynamo this season. Uh, they were signed to pre-contracts last year, right? Juan Castilla and Daniel Rios. Although those two guys are really young, I wouldn't expect them to maybe be quite in the first-team picture at all this season. Um, but at least they're in and around the team. And, and you know, know, opportunity happens here or there, I think. Um, I mean, that, that was always the hope, right? When Tab comes to town that, you know, there's more, there's more youth. Um, and, you know, we go back to Derek Jones, right? That's a player that he saw while he, uh, you know, was coaching the national team. So in his mind, he also has like this big Rolodex of just, uh, you know, every player he's seen um, through U.S. soccer for the past 10 years. Um, so as far as, uh, you know, scouting, I think he already has that work done in his head. Um, so that, I mean, those are like the things that kind of bode well for the Dynamo, right? When you, when you think about going forward and, you know, trying to get younger and trying to put a, a good team on the field and, and what Tab brings to your team, um, ultimately what I go back to is the same thing. It's just how is that going to compare to the rest of the teams in, in Major League Soccer? Is it going to be enough um, for them to win enough games? Um, I think if they're a good enough team, they should, right? I mean, because this is a league where four, I believe, it, you know, four out of the... Uh, you know, teams in the West are the ones that don't make the playoffs. So you would think by default you, you kind of should um, if you got all your ducks in order. But, um, yeah, I mean, as long as uh, they give them time and, and um, to continue this project, I think we'll see more and more younger guys coming up the ranks. Uh, for, but for this year, I'd probably just focus on maybe those two guys. Uh, Ian Hoffman also, I think uh, I, that's the name I almost forewent. Uh, he was with RGB last year in the USL. Uh, it's another one of these guys that have notes from the national team, right? Um, he may get his, uh, his uh, I guess, his Dynamo debut this year. So that's one another one. But I would say those three guys are the ones to maybe keep an eye on. Hoffman, uh, Palomino, and uh, Lemoyne. But, but again, but the thing about this season, too, is that there's more on the line, right? I mean, Tab didn't make the, the playoffs last year. Um, maybe he leans more to veterans and experience this year. I mean, that's one of the big questions this year as well. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Hoffman because uh, he was one of the two kids I was going to ask about next. And another one I was just kind of curious about because I remember seeing him sign his homegrown contract not too long ago, maybe like two, three years ago, um, was Eric McHugh. I mean, is, is there anything you've heard from him potentially breaking into the defensive rotation, or is it is it not looking good for him this year? Um, I mean, he's on the roster, so, I mean, I guess that's a plus. He's been 
He's been down at the uh, USL team RGV for um, for a couple of seasons now. Right. Um, he doesn't look MLS ready, from what I understand. Um, I don't. I mean, like I said, maybe there's a you know game here or there, or maybe Open Cup where he might get some opportunity. But until we see some of that start happening, I wouldn't start banking on it. I mean, and it's to be seen, right? I mean, I think I think the thing about Tab is that you know you have somebody experienced in that position, um, maybe for the first time in the history of this franchise, right? Or yeah. Um, you know, so as far as giving opportunity to younger kids and, and that understand the youth game. Um, so I don't think that will be unfair um, from that perspective. Um, but that's been the story about Dynamo Academy here. I mean, there's been opportunity given to guys that, you know, it's been more of a marketing move and, and not um, so much of a deserving uh, contract, right? And, you know, as we dive deeper into that, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of messed up. Because, you know, some of these kids, um, you know, maybe they could have gone to college, right? Maybe maybe they should have gone that route. And instead, you know, were lured by the professional contract and, you know, a different, you know, everybody's going to have different decisions in, in their life. But um, ultimately, I think uh, McHugh may fall in, in, in this kind of category of players that maybe were just signed to the first team. Maybe they're not MLS ready or maybe they just don't pan out. But, you know, the thing is, he's young, right? So he'll... He's got time to prove himself. Certainly. He's certainly got a coach that will give him the opportunity. Certainly. And looking at the more um, general overview of all, you know, the whole season, we've kind of been like looking at some more specific aspects of the team and all that. If we, if we step back and take a more, um, you know, overall perspective, uh, what would you say the expectation is, you know, heading into this new season? Obviously, you know, they, they did finish last last year in the West anyway. And, you know, as you've mentioned, not much on the field has necessarily changed. Is um, do you th- is there any expectation they're going to do any better than that? Is there any sort of among the fan base hope that they'll be any better? Yeah, I mean, there's always hope, right, every year. Um, the good thing, again, it's um, I think from what we've seen, Tab is a good coach. Um, you know, the players love him. The fans love him. The front office loves him, right? Um, and he certainly has respect. Um, last year, you would hope that was more of a feeling out, right? I mean, it still had some of the some players from the from, from the previous regime, right? So, so maybe he was testing some of them out. I mean, it was obviously obviously a COVID year, so it wasn't uh, you know your typical season, right? Um, so, do you think that this off season is probably more of weeding out the players that don't fit his system and bringing in more of his own players? Um, so from that perspective, I think this will be more Tab's team, if we can call it that. Um, so now we're going to see if you know they're able to to finally get it done as far as making the playoffs. And you know, as as we mentioned, I, I mean, especially in MLS where it's kind of easier to make the playoffs than not, um, they should they should be able to make the playoffs. So I think if they don't, that obviously raises even more eyebrows. Um, for whatever it may be, right? Lack of funding or just simply maybe it just doesn't work out with Tab. But ultimately, that's the be-all, end-all this season. It's make the playoffs. And um, in sort of in a um, maybe not the nicest way, I mean, it, it. I mean that's kind of it, right? That's the top. I mean, once they make the playoffs, it's, you know, you would hope it's, you know, you go from there and see what happens. But, I mean, ultimately, that's what they're going to be judged by. So as long as they make the playoffs, they're good. 
Um, this is never, I don't want to say this is never going to be a team that, but under the current situation, right, especially with the ownership investment, this is, it's, it's very hard to say this is going to be a team, and they won't say it themselves, I don't think, that's going to compete for an, or not compete, contend for an MLS Cup, right? This isn't going to be one of your perennial contenders in the league. So um, as far as like managing fan expectations, I mean, that's the tough part, right? Because everybody wants a challenge for a title. Uh, this may be more of a, you know, let's win the Open Cup type of team now. Um, but ultimately, they'll be judged by making the playoffs or not. Now, Victor, I, I wanted to ask you uh, just one last question before we let you go. Um, so the whole Joe Corona transfer was, was a very interesting one. It was very MLS and very on brand for, for the MLS yeah. mechanics within the transfer window. Um, and obviously, Austin's got a bit of a potentially may have the uh, the bad guy reputation given their uh, relations with the crew and their previous owner and whatnot. Um, does this Joe Corona transfer potentially spark a little bit more of a rivalry between Austin or Houston? Or are we looking too yeah. far into that? Um, I think any little thing, right, will help. Um, yeah. The thing down here is obviously the the big rivalry is always going to be with Dallas. Um, and that's just a Texas thing, right? I mean, it's um, – Houstonians will say, you know, uh, Dallas is part of Oklahoma, right? And uh, and I'm sure up there in Dallas, uh, people will say that, you know, it's, you know Texas is part of Louisiana or something. I don't know. But uh, so that's the, so those two cities will always have in the Mossy. I think with Austin, it's going to be more of a maybe a friendly rivalry. Um, but like ultimately, at the end of the day, there won't be as much hate as it is between Houston and Dallas. Um, but I think there is something there, right? Um, and then this Joe Corona thing just kind of. Um, I think it's more for the fans, right? So it's more more of a fuel to the fire, but. Uh, ultimately, I think it worked out for everybody as far as just, um, you know, Austin, um, you know, threw a dart at it, you know, it didn't pan out. I mean, it didn't work out that, you know, maybe Corona wanted more money and, you know, they said, oh, that's fine. You know, we'll go in another direction. Um, Houston tried it and they got him and Corona feels good with the deal. So, and then he may be a key piece for Ramos is the way he, he, uh, expresses it. Right. Because he's going to be more defensive help. Um, and so maybe that's that might be the signing uh, for Houston in the offseason, um, depending on how things pan out. But um, but yeah, I think there's already things uh, between Austin and Houston, and, and you know I think um, over at the Striker Texas, I think uh, one of my uh, one of the or other writers and, and one of the, obviously one of the uh, probably the best source for for Austin FC news, Chris Bills. Um, mentions that I think Austin FC and really at Dallas, Houston, were working together, maybe having a, a preseason friendlies with each other, right? So that might be something, too, that sparks up the rivalry here early on where uh, we finally have a Texas preseason. Yeah, well, Victor, thank you so much for taking time tonight and joining us. Tell our listeners where we can find your work and anything else you may want to plug away. Yeah, so uh, Um We just launched. It's a... Uh, website dedicated to all levels of the game in the state of texas um so like we said you'll find great stuff uh if you want to know about fc dallas you can find that from john arno and if you want to know about austin fc chris bills has you covered and if you want to know about the houston dynamo or i'm sorry houston dynamo fc now um you can uh find stuff from me there on uh, the strikertexas.com awesome well thank you so much victor all right thank you guys 
Alrighty, thanks again to Victor Ariza from the Striker Texas for joining us, helping us preview the 2021 Houston Dynamo season. Now, guys, something that stood out to me that I, I wanted to ask Victor, which I did, obviously, uh, just kind of about how, to me, it feels like the Dynamo are kind of like a lost club in Texas, if you will. I know he brought up the, the MLS Cup uh, titles there, but, I mean, we have FC Dallas you know, they're sending talent to Europe left and right. Austin FC, they got new cash. They're throwing around. It's fun. It's exciting. Victor almost made it sound like, well, the the ceiling, you know, he almost made it sound like it was a cement ceiling, too. The ceiling for the Dynamo might be, well, U.S. Open Cup and maybe maybe a playoff appearance here or there. I mean, J.J., if you're a Dynamo fan, it's that, that unless you hold the U.S. Open Cup in high regard, that's got to be disappointing. Yeah, I know. He, I think uh, he gave a really good summary of, uh, you know, just where the club's at. And, you know, he didn't hold back, which I thought was great because he kind of really gave it to him. The fans, especially, you know, the core fans, the ones who, you know, have been attending games for some time now, are pretty underwhelmed heading into the year. The hope, like he said, the hope is there because the hope will always be there that this will be the year. Something will, you know, it'll break out. Tab is a good coach. He'll guide us to glory. But, you know, looking at the roster where it stands right now, looking at, you know, what the club has coming up out of the youth pipeline, even if Tab is a youth-focused coach, the expectation is kind of, well, you know, maybe we can fight for, uh, you know, a low playoff spot. And for a club that has been, you know, that flashed of, you know, new slick rebrand, you know, you know, really presenting their image as, you know, tuned up. You got, they got James Harden to come out for a promo. For a club like that, um, you know, he kind of touched on, it's kind of, you know, very annoying, I think, to, you know, the core fans that have been there for the beginning to just not see any actual on-the-field spending, no product to match the new flashy rebrand. Um, so kind of to sell jerseys, but then you want to put players in those jerseys that will need some games. And, and Justin, the Dynamo allowed 40 goals last season, uh, but now you know with the addition of Tim Parker, they're reportedly linked to Carlos Salcedo. Now we'll wait and see if they're willing to throw down the cash to bring him in from Tigres. Uh, is there, you know... Reasons to be a little bit optimistic if you're a Dynamo fan that maybe they won't hemorrhage goals like uh, this season like they did last? Yeah, I mean, like I was kind of saying in our talk with Victor is like uh, when I look at these trades, you know, it gives me very much like Nashville kind of vibes in the sense that these are players that you would deem reliable or could get a job done. Um, you know, Tim Parker may have not been a lights out defender of the year at, at the Red Bulls, but he was a reliable defender for the most part. Um, Max Chiaruti maybe won't win you a golden boot, but he's definitely going to score you a few goals. And he's definitely huge if Dallas wants to play with that energetic, high energy, um, you know, attacking style of soccer, uh, whether he starts or whether he's off the bench uh, late on in games. So I, I think there's a few veteran pieces of the league to be excited about. I know that's hard to kind of get worked up about, especially seeing where Dallas, uh, where Houston have been over the last few years. Um but I, I appreciate that Victor was just kind of brutally honest with us. And, you know, whether it be about ownership or whether it be about, you know, the tab needing more time to kind of get that youth pipeline kicking up and, and tapping into his own connections across the league. Um, unfortunately, it might if they, if they stay with tab and they, they let him kind of run this project for the next few years, it'll probably take a few years for, for Dynamo to kind of reap the rewards of, of invest, investing in this right now. Um, but hopefully that, that brings a change in attitude from the owners and kind of how they've been going about things, uh, especially with 
Carlos Salcedo potentially coming to the team and, and strengthening that back line. Yeah, they're definitely going to need James Harden to kind of throw around some money, I think. I think that's what the Houston uh, Dynamo need here to at least get a guy like Salcedo into the club. But uh, that's it for today's show. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod. We are a little over two months away from the season starting on April 17th, so the uh, countdown to kickoff has begun. You can follow Justin at JustinSosa99. You can follow JJ at JJPost. And you can follow myself at Jake Watroba. For Justin and JJ, I'm Jake. We will talk to you guys next time. Deuces. Deuces.